Hello and welcome. You're listening to It's a Groom's Life with Carly O'Brien. Hello and welcome. You're listening to It's a Groom's Life with Carly O'Brien. Welcome to a new episode of It's a Groom's Life. And today I have with me Katie, who is from Feathers Country. Um, we were just talking because it was referred to another name and she's rebranded, which we're going to go more into details about it. But I just wanted to make sure I got the correct name. So anyway, hi, Katie. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you. And thank you for having me on the podcast. It's um, it's the first time I've ever done a podcast. So, you know, if I'm a bit... Um, then that's why (laughs) (laughs) no that's fine that's absolutely fine um so Katie would you mind um introducing us more about you and more about Feathers Country and then like the journey so obviously I've quickly still said it was named something else and your whole journey from sort of where you started and where you're at now um so um obviously I'm Katie owner founder etc of Feathers Country um I used to well the brand before was called Feathers and Fluff and that all started very very organically back in 2014 um I shoot etc myself and there was some um pheasants to dress and I started plucking them back at the um Farm kitchen table back at home where my mum and stepdad live, and there were pot presents. And I thought, what can I do with these feathers? They're beautiful. It seems a waste to just throw them. So um, out came the trusty glue gun <laughs> um, and uh, the pen knife, and started cutting off the brass ends of cartridges. And feathers and fluff was born. Um, at the time, I worked for a household name bird's eye um in east yorkshire where i'm based is their main processing plant for peas so um i've got a long history of agriculture family of farmers etc and i went off and did my degree in um, agriculture at bishop burton and before i finished my degree i was offered a job with bird's eye um, after working with them for a summer in their department basically which (laughs) then led to me doing my dissertation on bees um some people would say I was a bit of a pee perv as it (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah and I absolutely loved my job um it was very time consuming because everything was looked after from accepting the land from the growers through to um actually vining the crops and making sure the factory had the capacity and so everything in between um but I did love my job um but obviously in November really quiet time in terms of from that side of things of my day-to-day job as it were um and I just started uploading the pictures of the brooches and the bow ties and things that I was making on my own personal Facebook um and it's back then when there wasn't many other people doing it basically mm. and everyone was like wow these are amazing can I buy them and I was like yeah of course you can you know like I was just literally at that point doing it as a a hobby and it was something that I enjoyed um so if we then fast forward three months down the line I 
was becoming busier and busier and busier and I was going to point to point um with feathers and fluff as it were as it was and um I was young enough to make the jump to be like if I make a mistake I make a mistake let's do a leap of faith and let's go full-time self-employed um which was a huge jump because yeah it was a very well-paid job um, obviously, I had the job security there as well. I had a company car, health benefits, everything. Um, but I call myself a bit of a serial entrepreneur because I do have more than one business. <laughs> and um, now I do anyway. Back then, I didn't. And I just, I'd literally just thought, if it all goes wrong, I've got my degree and my qualifications to fall back on. I'm yeah. young enough to make the mistake if it turns out to be a mistake. But I'm a huge believer that everything happens for a reason. Yeah. And I ended up taking the leap of faith. And it's honestly the the best move I ever, ever made. Um, So, yeah, so literally I started at this point was still doing just the feather stuff. Um, And I was doing, like I say, the point to point. I was doing the country shows. Um, I spent a summer basically living out of my car um I was traveling around all the country shows sleeping in my car behind the pitch that I'd bought um for weekends on end and and that was it basically um and then um so that was kind of the full summer of 2015 and then come the January of 2016 I found out I was pregnant which um, I did think could be a little bit of a spanner in the works. But again, Mm. actually, wasn't at all. It was the perfect scenario to be in for me to have a little one because I worked up until 24 hours before giving birth. Um, My bitch at the time, my dog, had 13 puppies as well. Oh, God. and she is literally the world's worst mother. So I had 30 years. <laughs> I was nine months pregnant. I had an order that needed to go off to America because um, I have an American stockist who stocks fascinators and shoes and things. So I thought, I need to get these done before I can have this baby. <laughs> um, six o'clock the following morning, I went into labor. But um, for anybody who is in that position, um, they could probably or have been in that position can probably relate that as much as it's hard because I probably went back to work I had an emergency c-section so I went back to work probably after three weeks when I could finally move again Mm -hmm. but um my daughter who's now five she'll be six this year has been next to me by my side throughout the whole process um she used to sit in a swing seat next to me whilst I was working you know she's been to the shows and I joke with people now saying that she probably has more like business savvy than some <laughs> like some adults um but when she was born um I saw a bit of a gap in the market if I'm completely honest and that was when I reached out to um, a friend of mine to design some clothing so they were um, already in the clothing um, business but they did more workwear kind of thing and we basically got together got some designs down and we started the clothing because like I say I saw a bit of a gap in the market there was companies such as Barber, Jules, Crew 
big, big names mm. doing country clothing, but there was no small independent oh, businesses oh. doing it. Yeah. So I obviously started off, it was most, if you followed my business, you'll know it was the crossed gun design with the pheasant and the hair at one side and then mm. F and F. And I started out doing hoodies, t-shirts, etc. Um, and it, it, this whole process has been so organic. Um, and it's literally me, myself and I have done it all um, up until this point. Um, had a few members of staff here and there. But um, ultimately, as most people can relate to, if you're self-employed, you're the social media manager, you're the accountant, you're the secretary, yeah, <laughs> you're yeah. the receptionist. And then in my case as well, um, as the business grew bigger from the clothing perspective, it became more and more apparent that I actually needed my own machinery to produce the clothing myself because yeah. um, it was um, the time scale of getting an order to you know getting a third party to produce it to then getting it out the door it just wasn't efficient um and in true katie style i took another leap of faith <laughs> <laughs> so i purchased initially uh, vinyl plotters and um heat presses because that was all i was offering at the time and then people turned around to me and said could you um do embroidery well at the time i couldn't because i didn't have an embroidery machine but you yeah. There goes Katie again, taking a leap of faith, never embroidered anything before in her life. Um, we'll buy a fully industrial embroidery machine. Of course we will. So um, <laughs> we bought it. And I, in both the vinyl aspect, the embroidery, I'm a very creative person anyway, obviously hence yeah. why the business was born. But yeah. I self-taught myself um, all of it. So now I have like a bank of embroidery machines, a couple of vinyl plotters heat presses and um yeah and it may, meant that I had more control over the designs and and all that kind of thing so it was the most it, it was the best move to make um for the business at the time um and then obviously I have quite a big online following um on Instagram on Facebook which I am so grateful every single day for social media. You know, um, it means that, yes, I now do have a bricks and mortar shop property, which, of course, was like a, a huge dream and goal. But um, social media means that I can reach every far corner of the world. Yeah. Um, and if anybody is starting out in business, I emphasise enough how important social media is. But turning up, organically yourself um in that aspect because as much as people do buy from brands because they like something they see they also like to buy from the person person yeah that's what um, I was just going to say I was literally going to say people buy from people I mean yeah. obviously the, the product has to be a good product as well but like yeah. if if you've got um if you like the person you're more likely to buy from buy from them yeah you? exactly um and I think one thing that I've learned on this journey was that it's very it was very hard for me initially to be the face of the brand because um terrifying really <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. you've never really been in that position before um it is terrifying to be you know put yourself out there yeah. and um it does come with you know criticism sometimes and things like that 
But ultimately, if if they're your people, they're your people and they will, you know, follow you, you know, they'll enjoy your content, they'll enjoy your products, they'll buy from you. And to be fair, since opening the shop, which obviously happened from uh, last year, so 2021, it was, um, it's been so nice to have people come in the shop and I've known them over Instagram or on Facebook and then actually be able to put a face to a name. And yeah. a lot of people have actually become like, friends basically um I think social media can be on occasion a very toxic negative place but it's about how intentionally you use it um and I've made some really good connections and friendships for it so that again I'm beyond grateful for yeah definitely yeah and you're totally right there is a you know there is a a slight negative side that you know some people do abuse the social media platforms on you know to other people but I think generally like you say it gives us so much access to a huge range of different types of people different types of businesses different types of um, locations where you know if you think about 10-15 years ago we just wouldn't have these types of opportunities I mean 10-15 years ago we wouldn't been able to connect via social media or anything I wouldn't be able to find you or you know, unless it was the good old, you know, business. What was it called? The uh, like the phone book and things like that. Yellow. Well, round here it was the yellow page. Oh, actually, yellow, yellow, pages. yellow pages, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah that's it. And everybody wanted the business to start with an A because then it would be at the top. At the front. Front. <laughs> yeah. But do you know what I mean? But, it, okay. it, um, it it gives opportunities for all for people to create a business completely. It might be and and flourish in it as well. Yeah, completely. Like I say, you know, recently I've had Chloe from um, CB Digital Design um, do me a new Shopify website, which is now amazing. But up until that point, I was on Wix. And if anybody obviously is in the business, kind of, you know, if they're self-employed and they have their own website, Wix is perfect because you can build it yourself relatively easily. Um, And I guess if you even go back 10 years ago, we wouldn't have even had that at our fingertips. So I think um, everything in terms of like social media technology is about how you use it and you can really use it for good purpose. Absolutely. So let's talk about when you rebranded. So that was, I think you said it was about two years ago. Yeah, so it was Feathers Yeah. And then you've rebranded to Feathers Country. Yeah, so um, as the brand, um, obviously, like I say, very organically, change direction um feathers and fluff didn't really tell people from the brand name what it was anymore um obviously it was perfect when I just solely did feather items Mm. but as the brand had developed into you know I still do all the feather stuff but as it had become more known for its clothing it needed that refresh yeah. So um, Feathers Country was the most suitable name to go to because it still kept the brand, you know, the roots of the brand from the feather aspect, but mm. also told people that obviously it was a country clothing brand as well. Yeah. Um, so hence why that's the direction um, it, it went. Um, and that therefore meant there was a whole new logo. There was a whole new clothing range. Um and I personally wanted to design a clothing range that could 
suit an, a, a wider t- target audience. Um, it wasn't just people, you know, who went shooting because, of course, with the guns on the logo, that's what a lot of people were drawn to. I wanted to reach, yeah. you know, kind of people from every walk of life. And yeah. I even have now, you know, people who, especially in my location in the, sh- the store, um, who aren't really, you know, involved in country pursuits, but they like the clothing, so yeah. they buy it. Yeah, yeah. And let's talk about the shop, because obviously, the, well, I'll say new, but it's quite a, a new venture that you've had to, that you've yeah. had in your business. So when, how did this all start? Like, when did the shop come along? How long, how long have you actually had it for? And yeah. So um, the shop, again, was just something that happened. Um, up until this point, I'd always worked from home. Um and again, I kind of rapidly outgrew a lot of rooms in my house <laughs> um, <laughs> as, you know, I was buying embroidery machines and printers and, and vinyl plotters. I ran out of space quickly. So um, I initially started in a tiny little box room and then was like, this isn't big enough anymore. So I had to commandeer the dining room and then the dining room wasn't big enough. So then I had to convert the garage and then converted the garage. And um, as fab as it was to have everything on my doorstep, and um, it was a lovely, you know, like setup because I did it all, you know, myself to how I wanted it. Mm. It didn't give me the opportunity to show my clothing off in the way that I wanted to. Mm. Um, and I was finding a lot more people were saying to me oh you know do you have premises and I was like no (laughs) (laughs) Uh, basically Um, so during lockdown the business thrived online um, and it just but I think when we came out of lockdown people wanted to go out again they wanted to go into a shop and and have that experience again Mm. of shopping because we'd had it taken away from us for so long as much as online shopping is great to get delivered to your door I think in a sense we kind of took a little bit of a step back from a retail perspective because we wanted to go out it was a novelty again um so in the May of last year I started actively looking for different premises um initially I was going to convert a shipping container and then I thought, I'm a massive believer of growth doesn't come from comfort zones. And I realised I was only really dipping my toes in the water. Um, I wasn't actually doing what my heart and my desired and my goal was to have an actual shop. Yeah. So, yeah, again, <laughs> I just took one of those massive leaps of faith. Um, and like I say, I started actively looking for commercial properties. And if I'm completely honest, I drove myself absolutely bonkers <laughs> looking for commercial property. Um, it, it, there was everything out there from, you know, like tiny shops to big shops to shared space. Um, but nothing felt right. And it got me a little bit disheartened. But. Again, I believe everything happens for a reason. I'm a massive believer in everything happens for a reason. And um, I had stopped actively looking. But of course, I was registered with all these commercial property agents that 
something, you know, in case something came up. And then completely out of the blue one day, I got an email saying, this property's coming up, it might interest you. Um, and it was just literally like a PDF brochure on an email. And I thought, wow, I kind of look, I, I, that has potential. That And all the other properties I looked at, they didn't have potential. Yeah. There was there was a snag with them all. Anyway, so I arranged a viewing for the next day and it was an old pharmacy, my shop. Um, so it looked nothing like it did at all. And I've done quite a lot of reels and um, videos and things on the process of converting it into a shop. But it was perfect for me because it is not only a shop space, it also has storerooms and it gives me the ability to run the embroidery machines and things from here as well. So... Yeah. It was so you can have your house space. back. Yeah, I can have my house back, exactly. <laughs> and I think, um, you know, with you saying that, there is quite um, a big thing about is that work-life balance. Yeah. And it, it, anybody that worked from home, I suppose even through lockdown, if it forced you to have to work from home, it's very easy to find yourself sat there answering emails at 11 o'clock in the morning, still in your dressing gown, because yeah. you get completely distracted the day of what you're kind of meant to be doing I'd walk downstairs grab a coffee turn on the computer little one would be eating a breakfast and I'd just be like oh I'll respond to that email quickly and before I knew it I was still sat there like saying my dressing gown responding to emails at 11 o'clock in the morning and that wasn't (laughs) what my plan for the day was yeah so in that sense it's brilliant because there is a clear divide between work and home however that doesn't also mean that it is sometimes a juggling act to juggle shop, home, horses, dogs, small person. Um, you know, I'm constantly feeling like I'm doing, yeah, I'm doing a juggling act. Yeah. But um, so it's all really, really new. But yeah, so I came across the shop, and as soon as I walked in, I knew it was it was the right it was the right shop. Um, like I say, it needed a lot of work going through it. So it was like right yeah I'll have it and I was I suppose massively naive it's like I know it doesn't work like that just because you want it you don't get it yeah so um you have to like apply to the um the land or the in this instance the the landlady and basically sell yourself yeah so um and she lives very locally so she wanted to make sure that it actually brought something to the area Mm. um there's a lot of hairdressers in the uh, <laughs> row of shops that I've in there's three hairdressers um and I think ultimately she wanted to make sure it wasn't going to be a beautiful hairdresser basically <laughs> um so I obviously put my um, application forward and it was accepted and that was amazing but that's when the hard graft really started so it it was I'm not going to tell anybody it was easy because I didn't get people in to do it I did it all myself. Um, so that was everything from stripping wallpaper to painting, to putting panelling on walls, to building a changing room, blocking up doors, putting laminate flooring down, which honestly, if anybody's going to think of putting laminate flooring down, just don't do it yourself. Honestly, just get someone in to do it. Because if it's a big <laughs> space, it's a nightmare. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, it, it was, yeah, it was so fulfilling the whole process of doing the shop and doing it how I wanted it and you know ultimately because it was a pharmacy and the complete other end of the spectrum what I wanted it to be I had Mm -hmm. a blank canvas yeah um 
obviously they're expensive processes to go through when you're renovating whether it's your house or, or a shop or anything but um yeah so basically I've put my life savings <laughs> into <laughs> this shop but again if you have a dream follow it absolutely you're only you're only on this uh for one time exactly so you've got to grab um, you know, going into, you know, I believe everything happens for a reason. Um, the universe, you know, whoever, they will make sure that you are protected and safe. And if you're not making the right decision, generally they bring in a curveball and yeah. say, nah, this isn't right. But generally, you know, if it feels right in your gut and your intuition feels like it's on, you know, yeah. in the right place, you're doing the right thing. Absolutely. So when did the shop open then? When did it, so, how long did um, it take to do and when did you open? So the shop took, I think I initially, again, was quite naive and I thought, ah, it'll be fine. It'll just take like a month. It'll be done in a month. But it actually took more like two and a half. And that was because I was still running the business yeah. as well. So I was yeah. fitting it around um, picking a little one up from school and then coming back to the shop and then we were basically in a pizza <laughs> on the floor whilst I was you know doing work until like half seven at night then whizzing home getting her to bed um and it was it was like quite a stressful and tight you know it was uh, it was a tiring process doing that mm. every single day but um it was worth it so yeah mm. so it was um June last year the shop opened officially um and yeah, it now gives me the perfect setting to showcase my clothes. Um, but it's also let me expand the business in a different direction as well, because now I can buy in more, let's say, ladies' fashion, um, yeah. like the blazers and things like that, which complement a lot of my clothing. But it allows me to have a bit of a different spin as well. Um, and the reason I did that was because. Ultimately, like I said, not everybody who is a passerby is going to want um, country clothing. But yeah. um, it obviously brings people into the shop to see the blazers and the shirts and things like that. And then ultimately they can see what I offer. Yeah, definitely. And so what sort of products are like, do you have any like bestsellers or does it change through the seasons? Or do you have like a piece that seems to be quite consistent? So anything that's a quarter zipper or sweatshirt, basically, um, <laughs> it is like always going to be a firm favourite. And there is going to be some new ones launching very, very shortly. Um, last year I did a limited edition one, which has the year and the same will be happening this year, but obviously a different spin again. So basically, yeah, anything that's a quarter zipper or sweatshirt um, are always best sellers. But most recently... Probably it was about October time, I think. I launched some joggers, which have a matching quarter zip as well, so you can coordinate them. But I guess one of the things about my brand is I can offer lots of different colorways and contrasting colors because I do it all in-house. Yeah. So therefore, I'm not having to rely on a third party to do it or buy, you know, let's say 500 units of a certain colorway. Because I do it all in house, um, I can, you know, offer more um, and people can customize. And I often get people going to me, oh, is it possible to have it personalized in some way, shape, or form? And of course it is, because yeah, you can I do, do it, it all in house. So yeah, therefore, yeah. it's it's not a problem. Um, 
But yeah, so the joggers, the joggers have sold so so well. And to be fair, like I am a massive advocate for when I've finished at work for the day, done the horses, walked the dogs, sorted the little. I got, all I want to do is be comfy, so yeah. I can relate to why people um, love them. Um, yeah. So yeah, so anything that's really kind of like comfortable, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I find is a bestseller. Um, but I massively go on if I love it, then hopefully other people would as well. Yeah, I think so. And um, with, um, oh God, I've just lost my little trail of thought. You know, when you, a question comes into you, then it shoots back out. Oh yeah, I remember now. Um, with, so obviously I know you're doing most of it by yourself, but do you have someone that helps you in the shop or do you have someone that helps you with your orders? No. Oh. <laughs> like, so I usually get um, seasonal help in around Christmas and things like that. Um, just because obviously the sheer amount um, of, you know, orders that come through. But um, it's something that I want to do again and have more of a, a full-time position. Yeah. But um, because obviously I am so online and it's social media and things like that, one, it has to be somebody who is in the proximity of where I live in the country. Um, yeah. And two, also kind of um, understand, you know, the country clothing market to a certain extent and also be very, I suppose, social media savvy. Um, so, yeah, I keep asking the universe if they could present me with this person. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, ultimately, um, at the moment, it is just me, myself and I, like I say, who does everything from emails to answering the phone to doing the embroidery to doing the printing to serving customers in the shop, etc. which um, it's a lot that's at times. Hard. Yeah, that's really hard. Yeah, it is really hard. But, um, yeah. You must be super organised. You must be a very organised person. Um, so... I'm very much I am an organized person and I very much always have a can-do attitude and I think that is so important um don't really have any time for negative Nellies in my life anymore um all about positivity and you know we have a can-do attitude and we can do it and I always find a solution to a problem yeah um it's about the way you look at it all begins and ends in the mind basically but um yeah I do have set routines because I have three we have three horses obviously Charlotte is five with three dogs um like I say my grandmother who's 89 lives with me and I care for her as well um so yeah I don't really stop from opening my eyes in the morning <laughs> to go to bed at night like that it's it's pretty much yeah flat out but I wouldn't change it and as I was explaining to you earlier, I've just had COVID and it did make me actually sit down. And as much as COVID is rubbish, it actually allows you to reflect on everything because you don't have the energy to do or I didn't have the energy to do everything. It actually was a little bit of a blessing in disguise because it let me take back and sit down and reflect. And It's just the reset button, isn't it? Sometimes you just need oh, to reset. Yeah just to sort of say right stop just stop for a minute and just recharge and then you're ready to start again yeah and I think also from like obviously I've been self-employed now for how many years is it since 2014 so six seven eight eight years now 
it's very easy to um, feel like you're only doing the bare minimum. Sometimes that's only because of a routine that you've got yourself into mm. or a mindset you've even got yourself into. It's mm. like the shop opening hours, um, they've slightly changed because ultimately I'm a mother first and foremost. Um, yeah. I am yeah. a business owner as well, but um, and the shop is actually the other side of um, where I live to like I have like a 30 minute commute to the shop but it was the perfect shop so it was a sacrifice I was willing to make yeah but I have to obviously juggle school runs now now that she's actually at school full time she's been at preschool etc but I have to start at 10 once I've dropped off at school and sorted the horses Mm. and then on an evening she can go to after school club three times a week which allows me to stay open slightly longer but I have to obviously on the other days that there isn't an after school club shut a bit earlier because I'm a mother. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, exactly. Uh, and, and when there isn't um, a massive support system behind you of people who are able to go and do the school run and things like that, it is a juggling act. But I'd like to think that also makes me slightly more relatable from a businesswoman perspective because Absolutely. a lot of other people out there are mothers and have the same juggle, whether they self-employed employed etc we all have some kind of juggling act to do every day absolutely um and I wanted to quickly ask you about your seasons with your clothing so are you always like looking ahead for like the seasons ahead or do you kind of deal with what you're dealing with now so a bit of both and I think I've probably got better at pre-planning the more because you know like literally like I say, I was trained in agriculture. So, you know, I've never really been in this domain. Like I say, I am very creative, but, you know, yeah. it has been a steep learning curve. Yeah. So um, obviously there are staples throughout my collection that go through every single season. And as we live in England, you know, the weather can be very, very... Um, Tangible. <laughs> you know, like we have a heat wave one minute and then torrential rain the next so um but there are obviously staples that go throughout all the seasons so quarter zip sweatshirts like I say my best sellers staples throughout whatever time of year it is um however things like the polo shirts the best tops and the t-shirts I do offer them all year round however I bring out spring and summer colors so I do that in one of the um sweatshirts as well um is a bring out brighter colours for the spring summer um, and I suppose I promote them more during those seasons whereas the more muted natural reserved colours I yeah. save for the winter colder months but if I'm completely honest like I say people shorts obviously I promote more they're on the website all year round but the shorts in summer are some of my best sellers because they're just such a good chino short and you can put yeah, them on yeah. with anything and they're actually really flattering for um ladies and you generally need to size down which you know we all love a small size anyway. <laughs> but um but yeah so things like that obviously they are more popular in the summer but um ultimately a lot of my clothing are staples throughout the whole year and that is one of the things I say it's fashionably fun- functional is that I and whether I'm, you know, on the farm, sorting the horses, etc. Don't want to look 
a complete and a hot mess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I still yeah. do try and make a bit of an effort. Um, yeah. I might smell like horse or dog or something, <laughs> but at least I've made a little bit of an effort. <laughs> yeah, that is a reality. And walked into Tesco's, haven't we? Absolutely humming of horses. Yeah. And, yeah. and people have looked at us a bit like, oh, what's all that about? Yeah. But that was one of the things is I wanted my clothing to be really wearable, not something yeah. that you would save for best, um, things that you could where no matter what kind of you were doing you could dress them up and go to the pub or you could dress them down and you know ultimately go sort the horses if we're not yeah. etc excellent um okay so what is the future then Katie like have you got like a two-year plan a five-year plan like what do you see the future for well for I'm country? a massive like I've got the dream board and the goals and all of all of that. And, and if I told you those, I'd probably be sharing a small part of my soul. So. <laughs> <laughs> but um, ultimately, um, I would love to get my clothing into more third party um, outlets. So I do already have them at some um, third party outlets. Um, when I did the feathers stuff, especially, you, you know the bow ties were perfect gifts for men so they're in a lot of gift shops um you know the brooches were very wearable for ladies which I think that's probably um gone a little bit more out of fashion now yeah I think it had its time and now we've kind of moved on a bit more but um they were stocked you know like I say worldwide I had stockists in America but the clothing obviously because you are up against we're well, not up against because I don't see anybody as competition because I think there's enough of a market for everybody and yeah. um, you, you know you do have the jewels which are in like every country store that you go to so obviously if they've got staple lines in there of polo shirts or quarter zips or sweatshirts or hoodies from jewels then you kind of they don't have the you know the room for your brand but I do have it in some third party um, country stores now um, locally to me there's a country store called BATA um, and they stock my stuff now but I would love to have more third-party outlets that took my clothing and in the distant future I would love to have another shop because again um, logistics not everybody lives with a stone's throw to East Yorkshire no. <laughs> you know I'm so lucky that so many people have traveled so far to come to the shop and it's lovely when they send me a message beforehand saying, oh, I'm coming to the shop on Sunday, Saturday. And so you're like, you're expecting them. And like I say, it's almost like meeting a friend that you've yeah. never met before, but it's it's really nice. And especially when I do um, like Christmas, the Christmas um, evening with like fizz and nibbles and stuff like that. It's really nice atmosphere. So yeah, I would love to open another store, but where, I don't know. And obviously, again, everything happens for a reason. So it will happen. It, it will happen. happen. And it will probably be the biggest curveball ever. And I'm like, whoa, yeah, really? But, yeah. you know, like I say, I believe that the, it, 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 there's a plan for us all already out there. Um, and I would like to um, probably have more bespoke pieces or more bespoke designs made. So as much as, yes, I obviously have everything in-house, I would like to take some of the um, actual manufacturing to a third party um, and have more bespoke designs made yeah. through them. Yeah, 
oh, that sounds amazing. I can't wait for it to all develop. And it'd be interesting to listen to this podcast back, say, like in a year or two years time and see where you are. Completely. And I think a bit of advice I can kind of give to anybody is if you're in business, no matter what kind of sector, and especially if you're self-employed, you have to celebrate the small wins and reflection looking back it's so important because up until a couple of years ago I never did that I'd have a goal in my head probably wouldn't even be down on paper but it'd be up here and then Mm. I'd reach it and I'd be like oh yeah I've hit that goal and that is probably the full extent of me celebrating me hitting that goal would be but it's really important to celebrate those benchmarks because if not you, you can feel like you're not getting anywhere and you have to look back and think oh actually wow, I've achieved all of that. Yeah, And you give yourself that bit of a pat on the back because yeah. you have done it and it deserves it deserves celebration. Yeah, I think it's also, we're quite British, aren't we? And we're not very good at, at praising ourselves or taking compliments or yeah. things like that. And it, it feels like, oh God, but like, you're totally right. We have to because it is an achievement and it's an achievement, whatever it is in your life. Um, and you deserve to have that um, recognition for yourself and to yeah, celebrate the people you love and, and, and say, check me out, check me out doing yeah, that. Yeah, I think um, probably our Britishness yeah. can sometimes feel a little bit like, oh God, are we boasting? But it's not <laughs> yeah. about boasting. It's just about I suppose, giving yourself that recognition for I've worked really hard and I've achieved this and you know whether it's buying your first home or you know buying your dream car or you know finishing a course that you never thought you were in a million years going to be able to finish you know anything you should definitely celebrate small wins as well as the big wins. 100% agree totally. So I always sort of round up my podcast with some quick fire questions so Generally, are you a night in or a night out person? I am the most introverted extrovert you could ever find. <laughs> but I am I am happiest with um, my log burner lit in. But if I go out, I'm the girl that doesn't want to come in. Yeah, like leave at, at midnight. I will stay out until the early hours. I'm morning. exactly the same. <laughs> I, I love nights in, and I don't go out often. But when I go out, I go out. Yeah, like. I'm exactly exactly <laughs> that person. <laughs> um, are you tea or coffee? Um, funny story. So up until me having Charlotte, I couldn't stand coffee. No, it wasn't for me. <laughs> Have a child, throw a child into the mix. It's like no, I definitely need something that's slightly more caffeinated. <laughs> so um, I generally drink coffee in the morning up until like lunchtime, and then I go on to tea because if not, I wouldn't. Sleep. Yeah, <laughs> wellies or heels. Wellers, I spend my life in wellers, and I have a pair of Luchamos, which I had back when I worked at Bird's Eye, and they're still going strong now. So, yeah, wellies all the way. But I do appreciate a good pair of heels. Like I say, I'm an introvert, so yeah. when the little extrovert of me comes out, that's when the heels come out. But yeah, ultimately, it's wellies all the way. <laughs> exactly. Uh, sweet or savory? Oh, I do have a real sweet tooth, so I have to rein that in. But I just love food. Yeah, I love food. Absolutely love food. And then the last one is book or film? Um, book. Is there um, one you're reading I, at the minute or anyone that you would recommend? 
Um, so I like to read lots of um, inspirational and motivation books. I'm not, I'm about to start a new one, but there is, um, if anybody wants to ever get any recommendations, I've got a bookcase kind of <laughs> full of them. But anything by Tony Robbins, um, Amanda Francis, yeah. um, they're not, you know, your you rom-com. You're not going to, you know, they're not necessarily the easiest of reads. Yeah. But yeah. I love self-development. Um, and it's a, it's a massive, been a massive part of my life now for two years, especially, um, and all about mindset and things. So, yeah, I, and I, I like a book, an actual book. Yeah. Because yeah. I like the smell of it. And I like the fact that you've got it in your hands and it's a very tactile experience, isn't it? Um, and you feel like you can see your progress as you're reading reading it and ultimately sometimes especially when it's a mindset or a positivity book I take a highlighter to it which may sound like sacrilege to some people but if there's something really poignant I want to be able to refer back to it and yeah years to come yeah definitely and then okay where can people find you what's your social media website the show tell us everything (laughs) So basically, um, my shop is based in East Yorkshire. Um, if anybody is aware of the area, I'm very close to Humber Bridge, um, just outside of Hull. Um, it's a little village called Perkella. Um, but yeah, so that's where the shop is based. Um, website is www.featherscountry.co.uk. And Instagram and Facebook are Feathers Country Clothing. Excellent. Well, oh, thank you. This TikTok. I'm trying to do the TikTok thing. I'm not very good at it. But <laughs> um, well, I just wanted to thank you so much, Katie, for coming on. We've been trying to sort of organise this for a few weeks, and now I'm so pleased that you're yeah, right. Damn COVID. I know. But yeah, thank you so much for your time. No, well, thank you for inviting me. Honestly, I've loved it. Um, yeah, it's and and I think in a sense if it's if my kind of journey is inspirational to anybody then that's all that matters and if anybody ever wants to reach out about anything from a business perspective then my inbox is always open and that was established it's me myself and I certainly mean responding <laughs> no I really we all appreciate that and I think it is very inspiring and it's amazing how you're balancing everything um and thank you so much thank you for having me pleasure and as always guys if you enjoyed this episode please tag katie and i on your instagram stories we'd love to know that you're listening and i will speak to you all on the next episode if you listen to this episode i really hope you enjoyed it as i did making it if you um like to follow me on socials my um instagram is cobs equine services and the same on facebook cobs equine services um if you are listening to this on your um, apple or spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast i really appreciate it if you could leave me a review as it gets um other people to highlight the um episodes to other people And I will speak to you all on the next episode.
this episode. I really hope you enjoyed it as I did making it. If you um, like to follow me on socials, my um, Instagram is Cobbs Equine Services and the same on Facebook, Cobbs Equine Services. Um, if you are listening to this on your um, Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast, I really appreciate it if you could leave me a review as it gets um, other people to highlight the um, episodes to other people. And I will speak to you all on the next episode.